couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Good morning, good morning, good evening, good Hello. afternoon. Hi, everybody. Guess who's with us today? Hi, KJ. It's, it's KJ. <laughs> Hi. All right. Uh, good morning, love. Thank you for good being morning. with us again. <clears throat> As we all have our drinks, I have two drinks. Matt has two drinks. KJ, how many drinks do you have in front of you? <laughs> I have two. You have two <clears throat> also? Excellent. I do. I have my water and my coffee. I have coffee and tea. So full introduction for KJ. Everybody knows KJ. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. I have a nugget though. Ready for our nugget? Fire away. Always. And I feel like our nugget totally goes in sync with what we're talking about today. A nugget from my dear Santa Monica. I, everybody by now knows the building that I lived in that later you moved into Matt. Um, it was a five-story building, actually six, because we had the basement people, and so um, and we were. It was just one big happy family, usually, when we didn't fight. <clears throat> um, my upstairs neighbor Joey. This is a nugget from Joey. So, I told you how next door in my bathroom I would hear and my neighbor would hear we would have a conversation much like we're having now like at this this tone you know this way of talking and we could totally hear each other through the pipes everything right and that's how we communicated the same thing kind of goes for upstairs too Joey lived upstairs and one night he he was single but one night he brought a lady friend over <laughs> <laughs> And I was, I had a lot of friends. Most of my friends were men, guys, but I was always like a little sister. So I could totally like do the most messed up, messed up stuff to them. And we just laughed about it. You know, I didn't really get in trouble. When no, I, no, no. When I look back on the things I said and did, I, I kind of feel like, oh my God, that was terrible. So he had a lady friend over. It was like, I think, 2 in the morning or 2.30 oh, in the morning. Dear. This is just getting worse now. And I hear a thump, thump, thump. Like, it was very rhythmic. And I'm like, sure. oh, my God. So they were like playing ping pong. Or They're something. in bed. So <laughs> there you go. That works. So I'm like, so I started calling him. Beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. And I could hear his, his machine go on. Oh, no. I'm like, okay. But they're still going beep beep like the thumping is still happening and then the machine comes on and i can hear myself through the walls oh no <laughs> i'm like joey <laughs> and the rhythm kind of gets interrupted i'm sure and then i pause and i can hear a pause and then they started again so the thumping started again i'm like oh, what are you doing oh my god and then I could hear the thumping still trying to happen <laughs> and then it stops and then I'm like, well, now what are you doing? <laughs> and God knows what his girl was like thinking. And, um, and then all of a sudden from upstairs, I hear upstairs and through the, um, no, it was just upstairs. I hear him say, God damn it, Vaughn. <laughs> And then I hang up and run like, you, <laughs> like I'm in my own space, but I, I run. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so, just mean. No. So anyway, so then, um, then my nickname for him became Thumper. All right. <laughs> Adding insult to injury. Oh my uh -huh. God. Uh -huh. So you may ask, what is the nugget? Well, it, okay. So just, that was some background information about Joey, but what happened was, so I was um, dating this guy, um, and he totally 
cheated on me right we were engaged we were like you know the whole i told you about this the whole neighborhood knew and like they all looked out for me like right, right, when right. I, after that engagement was broken off year, sometime later mm-hmm. um whenever i had a date they would like interrogate him as well they you should. know on the street my friends would anyway so um it was on and off again with this guy with me and this guy and so joey would say fawn stop touching the stove it's it's gonna burn you haven't you haven't you figured it out by now that stop touching a hot stove you'll get burned every time i'm telling you basically don't go back to this guy right don't he's not even worth it like what are you doing and so that always stayed with me up until the time that we met because matt when we met and we had that fateful aikido night Hmm. it doesn't sound as wait it sounds more sexy than it is but what (laughs) happened was one night in training with aikido i had um so aikido was done we all went home i went home by myself but I, I had a dream about you, and I think that dream sparked our relationship because the next morning I told you about the dream, but I left all the love parts out of it. Like, I right. had a realization in my dream mm-hmm. of who you really were. But in this dream, it, it centered around a hot stove, and I didn't want to touch it, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, it's a long story. That's for another nugget another day. And so the stove always stayed with me. Don't touch it. And so that was, you know, that was one of the nuggets was really paying attention to your gut. And also sometimes your friends know when you can't see something, hey, stop touching that. Right. That's Mm -hmm. not okay. You know, it is what it is. It's a hot stove. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Today, I want to, Matt, you told me this story. It kind of, um, okay. Okay, folks, this is going to sound like a total bummer the story it's a fable of course and oh, matt man. matt i didn't even realize all fables the uh the the main part of it is it has to be really messed up right to teach you a lesson well yeah it's it's a learning <laughs> exercise unfortunately now any any fable that you've heard that doesn't has been rewritten mm-hmm. hansel and gretel get cooked in the oven it's just what happens that's traditional german but anyways tell tell you tell the tell well, the story because you know much like that movie there's that line from that movie that i watch um how to lose a guy in 30 days is it 30 days 10 how to ten. lose a guy in 10 say, days it's much, much yeah yeah you're right how that's to lose a guy story. in 10 days with kate hudson matthew mcconaughey um there was when they were pitching ideas for st- stories they were like talking about oh this you know this person messed up situation at the salon but surprisingly upbeat like all these messed up things that you can talk about but how can we make it surprisingly upbeat so i asked you hey matt is there a fable that's surprisingly upbeat and you're like no no (laughs) no sorry no there's not okay because i wanted i wanted to have a you know a different version because this is really messed up so it's it's called should i tell the story or do you want to tell Tell the story okay uh it's the frog and the scorpion right so the frog is hanging out and the scorpion's hanging out by the river the scorpion needs to cross the river and the scorpion's like hey buddy can you give me a ride can i like jump on your back can you take me across the river the frog looks at him he's like hell no because (laughs) you're just you're gonna sting me and the scorpion's like buddy i'm not gonna sting you think about it if i'm on your back we're in the middle of the river and i sting you we both we both dead we both drown yeah so so the frog's like huh okay sure so they 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 start crossing the river and the freaking scorpion stings him and the frog's like what the hell man now we're both gonna die why and the scorpion says something like it's in my nature what can i do and that's the end, right? Yeah. That's the end of the messed up story. So my question, KJ, I have so many questions, but this is um, what I want to talk about. What we all, what we want to discuss today is the changing of minds. When um, talking about how we can change our minds, our belief systems, especially in times of argument. And also, how do you know if a person can change? right so you guys 
much like martial arts, like when martial arts, when you and I are walking down the street, Matt, people would think you would be the instigator of a fight. Whereas really I would be right. Well, I'm more likely to, um, um, break somebody's well, me standing at a knee. bold six foot three and you're you, six four. Why do you do that? <laughs> all right. Six four. And my wife standing at a 5.0. No, I'm like on a good day. Maybe I reach five feet. And there you go. Ooh. And also, you know, masculine energy, feminine energy, all the rest of it. Certainly people make interesting assumptions because that's what we do. And Ooh. interesting assumptions, you know, speaking of, I mean, I am the one who said, let's start this friendship movement, right? Right. I'm all like, if you ever talk to me, I use the word love like a million times in one sentence, you know, but yet KJ, I am the one who is most pessimistic here because mm -hmm. I have learned to, from the get go, not allow, not, not, not to not allow, but I don't believe people change. So you're not going to change my mind about that. You're hey a scorpion. Nobody here. I'll, I'll throw you a raft. But I'm not, I'm not taking you across that river. <laughs> Something made you Many want things. to start the movement, the oh. friendship. Yes, yes. So. Oh, are you asking me what it is? No, oh, no, okay. I'm just making an observation. Um, right. She's, it, it's almost like she's an optimist disguised as a pessimist. Right. What does that right. mean? Does that mean I'm secretly a pessimist or the other way around? you're secretly an optimist. Right. I'm secretly an optimist? And I think I'm secretly a pessimist, so this is a lot of fun. Ooh, I'm that's, confused. That's <laughs> I'm completely confused. Well, it's just one of those one of those ways. I mean, there are certain, certain aspects where, yes, I do believe people can change. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. People change all the time. I'm, I like to feel I'm constantly evolving. I think everybody's evolving. There's a difference between evolving and changing. And you, you can't talk change about your a nature. Revolution, a right? revolution, as opposed to an evolution, like radical change, you know. But even even Ronald Reagan was a Democrat once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Democrats were a totally different animal back then. Uh, it was like the opposite, right? Republicans were Democrats. Democrats no, were Republicans. No, 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 no. In no. history, no. No something else is going on now. okay never mind okay um, but democrats have always been believers in bigger government republicans have always been believers in smaller government and i think that that has maintained a certain amount of universality but reagan at one point was you know he was elected governor of california as a democrat and then as president of the united states he's considered one of the best republicans we've ever had Okay, so you know what? Can I give you an example? Give me an example. Okay, I will give you examples of when I... Okay, another thing I wanted to talk... I'm all over the place, but like, how do you know when to re-enter a friendship? How do you know when to end a friendship? I can give you examples of when I definitely came back. To, I've done it twice where it worked out, come back to a friendship. And I did it because, first of all, I left because I had some thinking to do. And I had things that I needed to learn and there was way too much going on in life. And I just felt like I, I need to basically cover my eyes and just look straight ahead at whatever it is I am dealing with. Mm -hmm. So at, you know, the time when Matt, you and I were going through, um, severe hardships, not in our marriage, but like in walking through the world. Right. Right. So I, I kind of like, um, uh, kind of, uh, disappeared off the face of the planet. Right. And for a few years I didn't speak with Holly or Daphne, mm -hmm. not because I was mad at them, just because I was really sad. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, um, also some things that happened and I wasn't sure. Okay. So my messed up family was trying to get in. And they're so messed up, but they were, I couldn't trust anybody to keep our whereabouts private. Right. So to just, uh, KJ, does this make any sense? Cause I really don't want to get into it with details. I just want to say, I felt like I couldn't trust anyone and without saying, Hey, I can't trust you. And can you keep this thing private that we're going through? Can you, I just basically disappeared. Right. 
So that was what was happening with one of my friends. And then the other was I was just in too much pain. So basically fell off the side side of the earth. What do you, what is that term? Whatever. Face, face. And, um, but I, once some time went, this, all these issues had to do with me personally, like not taking things personal, mm-hmm. um, not just basically working my own stuff out. And they were also doing the same on their end. And we came together and the friendship just basically, uh, came to, uh, how do you say it? It, the can the, I can't talk. The friendship resumed like there was never right a, a, a distance, right. never a time when we just weren't talking. Mm-hmm. So those are those are two of my best friends, mm-hmm. Holly and Daphne. Um, now I can I have lots of people that I had to totally cut off, like the Scorpion. Right. The and from the very beginning, I knew their nature. I knew how they were. They were showing it to me, mm-hmm. but I assumed, oh, they'll never do that to me. You know, <laughs> the last ones were like some of the yoga crew around where we live. I I saw how they treated each other, their mm-hmm. family members, and I assumed they wouldn't do that with me. Mm-hmm. And we had established we're we're family, man. We're sisters. And then all of a sudden they treated me like family, which is how they treated themselves, which was not good. Mm. And I had to cut it off. Like, and I knew they wouldn't change. They were, they were the scorpion. Right. And they already stung me. And boy, did it take a long time for us to heal from that. So never again, because they tried to apologize. They tried to come back and I'm like, nope. Mm -hmm. So those are my examples. Right. But if you take a look at that, you just take a look at, let's say the yoga people, they get continual reinforcement to act the way that they do. They get continual positive reinforcement to act the way that they do because they have blood family, if you will, daughters, etc., And they act that way towards them, but there's still that relationship. And so they've had continual reinforcement that they can act like an a-hole and it's going to be okay. You know, the way that, you know, oftentimes families will fight and they will just lay it all out. They will just devastate one another. And then they'll figure out how to get back together. Without talking about it. Right. Sometimes without talking about it. Sometimes by talking about it. No, but that's what they did. They just continued like nothing was ever said. Nothing was ever done. Right. They just ignored it and they kept going. And because that's a system that worked for them. Right. Now, that doesn't work for me, and that obviously doesn't work for you. Nope. So there's no impetus for them to change Mm -hmm. other than the fact that they've they've lost your friendship, but they can can find an excuse. They can excuse that away and make it your problem or your fault. Am I right, KJ? Sorry? So am I right? Am I right, KJ? (laughs) You were so right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I need that as a sound bite. Are you going to do your dance, honey? Do your I'm right. Do your parade. Matt always has a parade when he's right. When someone says he's right. Um, well, mm-hmm. oftentimes I will say, excuse me, what was that? Just so I can hear it again. <laughs> but anyways. Again? <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, and so I don't think that that's a really fair uh, evaluation because that's a scorpion empowered to continue being a scorpion. You know, they they haven't drowned. I, in the past, I have allowed the scorpion back in because I was desperate mm-hmm. for a friendship. Right. Mm-hmm. And I weighed the consequences and I thought, well, I can handle it. Until bite after bite, I was like, okay, no more. <laughs> <laughs> and but that's just, what strikes me is that you, you have the agency you you made the decision in in both scenarios in which you spoke about your your two good friends but also in 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 the pack of scorpions you you made the choice to remove yourself so that you and your words could do some of the work and work on work on the things that were coming up for you and it sounds like your friends did as well and then but the scorpions as matt had just said they really didn't they didn't really have any motivation 
to seek outside and seek outside um outside answers other than well then it, that must be you that's that's you doing oh that. yeah i it was totally me i to this day i'm sure they're saying you know there she goes she's she's evil devil like she no, the last they're looking outside of themselves to confirm and completely enable their behaviors which didn't mean a stretch for them it didn't mean a change at all for them so it was easiest for them to blame you whether or not that's true um but i'm still hearing in both sides and even when you invited them back in or when you tried to re uh remerge the relationship it was you deciding to do that and even talking yourself out of um uh, feeling your gut instincts about it so. so the frog the frog the gut instinct was no why, why do you think the frog did it anyway? Otherwise, we wouldn't have a fable. But mm -hmm. also, I think <laughs> that the frog is the optimist on the outside and the inside. He believes in the good in everyone, and he believes everyone can change. And he believed in the logical argument, back to emotion versus logic. The scorpion stung because that's what he does. It's an emotional thing. Whereas the frog understood on a logical level... No, I'm sorry. Yes, the frog understood on a very logical level that if he got stung, he would die in the middle of the river. And so he believed that the scorpion would take the logical argument, but the scorpion was never going to do that because it's not in his nature. So you guys, does that mean that... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> does that mean that intuition trumps... Oh, I can't use that word anymore. Does that mean intuition always overrides logic? No. no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Why not? KJ, why not? What do you think? Wait, don't lose your thought, Matt. Does intuition or should, should intuition always ride, override, um, what was it? Um, logic. logic. I think, I think they're, I think they're collaborators. I think they're coordinating forces. But you get confused. That's when you're like, I don't know what my gut is anymore. Hmm. And that is a different discussion um there's a reason why it's called gut i mean it's literally lodged in your your body right. <laughs> it is your physical soma there is something to be said about the body having the body having its signals and its and its language and its alarm systems you know so um i don't know that it would say override um so intuition versus logic or intuition overriding logic. I think they, I think, I think it's actually um, pertaining to the individual as well. It's, it's whether or not the individual understands the, the signals. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm struggling with the words that I'm... I'm wondering if I use the wrong word. Should I not use intuition? No, I'm, I'm talking about gut. Fine. Because the frog, gut level was like, first instinct was to say, no. Right. And he talked himself out of it by being logical. Yes. So I'm mm -hmm. saying, and this is how I live life, purely from my gut. And you, Matt, very logical. And... Somehow, like, I think you and I are, like, able to navigate. Right. I'm going to knock on wood. We're, we're able to navigate together because I'm pure gut. You're very, very logical. Yes, but I'm not 100% logic. That's true. In the same way, you can't be 100% gut. That's right. You know, there has to be kind of both. And the, the, the thing is, is, you know, certainly if I'm, if somebody's going to ask me to do something that I'm not comfortable doing because I know how this person is or because I'm not comfortable doing whatever this thing is, I weigh, I weigh it. And I may weigh it super fast, but I always weigh it. And but I weigh that against my gut because logically I'm like, no, but then you mm -hmm. still have to weigh it and you still have to see kind of where everything is at. I understand that, but I'm saying that's what gets me in trouble. Then I lose all, all balance. I'm like, I don't know what to do because now I don't know what's gut and what's logic. I don't know. Now I don't know what to do. Well, I 
don't think of it as this is logic, this is God. I think about it as this is the decision I am coming to. Yeah, but I don't want to be the frog making the decision of saying, hey, Scorpion, come on, come on aboard, let's go. Sometimes yeah. you you make a decision in that general direction and you do get stung by the scorpion, but you make sure it doesn't cause you to drown and die. How are you going to do that? I'm, I'm, let's just bring it to the frog and the scorpion again. Mm -hmm. How is the frog going to do that? Maybe you get Pause. himself an arm. I'm sorry, KJ, what? I was just going to say he pauses a minute. He out, he weighs he weighs all the feelings. He's taking into account all of the feelings and thoughts and beliefs he has. What he knows from history, as you had said, he kind of knew. He kind of knew that just the way of the scorpion is that it, it's not going to end well. Um, it was even a part of his caution before even, you know, agreeing to, to cross the river. Um, so uh, maybe I don't, I don't know the circumstances around this particular passage across the river. Are they standing in the river? Is, is there a time frame? Do, you know, do, do they need to make this decision right now? Um, or is it just sort of this manufactured almost pressure and anxiety from the scorpion? I need to get across. I need to get across. I need to get across. And so is it the um, is it the frog saying, OK, let me let me acquiesce. Let me listen more to this outside voice. And then maybe if he would have paused a second and, and checked, checked in with himself as well. A gut check if right. we want to stay in the body. Right he may have made a dis different decision. So that's, again, that combination of both logic and, and, and intuition and instinct. Um, if he felt that he had the time to make that decision, maybe he would, maybe he would have chosen differently. Right, right. And also, honestly, I think the frog always has to have the mindset of it's okay to be an a-hole. Because mm -hmm. he was. If, if he said no to the scorpion, he's, he's kind of an ass. <laughs> You know, because all these wonderful logical arguments. But you know what? Sometimes people come to me with really interesting requests that on the face of it look decent. And I'm like, mm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm sorry. And, mm -hmm. and they, they always press for the logical reason. Like, why? And it's like, I'm not comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then they press again. And then I have to say, this is how I feel. And it's not going to change. So let it go or don't let it go. But I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can do. Following through, committing to what you've decided. Um, right. Right. And once, once I make, you know, once somebody really pushes me at a decision, sometimes I'll question it. But typically it's just, it's a done deal. It's absolutely a done deal. Let that's it go. like, um, you know how we talked about uh, the art of being a good guest? You know, mm -hmm. we, we talked about how to be a good host in the world. Right. And then we did a show, um, how to be a, a good guest. Mm-hmm. We talked about people don't have interactions enough, like they don't have enough get-togethers. And in our culture in the United States, we tend to, obviously this is all pre-COVID, but like the only times we ha we really truly get together is for big things like Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, the holy, high holy holidays, whatever they are, you know, Easter, whatever, Passover. Um, Weddings. Yeah, or funerals. And that's pretty much it. And when we were getting married, I was saying that I was so upset uh, at people's behavior that I had to really look into it and understand what this is all about. So that's when, actually, that's when the seeds of this whole friendship thing came into my reality was really starting at our wedding because I was blown away by the misbehavior that was taking place. The, the <laughs> people showing their worst sides over a meal or you know over like what are you gonna serve and you know i'm like oh my yeah. god we're oh. just like every possible thing would go wrong like because people wanted to act like jerks right mm -hmm. so i looked into it and i ended up reading about um this woman from the south who is an etiquette person for for parties and her thing was you know it's really interesting to us in the south watching and hearing other people put a party together because they, they get so uptight <laughs> you know so what 
in 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 our culture, if the cake drops and falls and scatters everywhere, we're like, oh well, the party continues. But because people are not used to hanging out, because people are not used to having parties and they're not used to entertaining. They get all freaked out over some stupid minor thing that destroys the whole shebang, right? When I'm, and so then the conclusion Matt and I came to was because people aren't used to being together, right? right. People aren't used to accommodating one another. And now I forgot what we were talking about. But it, it was kind of like um, what I was going to say was now that I'm older, you Matt, you were saying the thing about... Um, you may seem like a jerk. You may seem like an a-hole right. if you say no to a person. Yep. I want to say it's kind of the same thing. If you're not used to always negotiating and you're not used to having the back and forth and like helping each other out or not helping each other the way it's supposed to be done. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, not figuring it out, not being in that constant mode of the back and forth. When you're not used to it, you're so afraid to appear like an asshole that you'll do something against your gut because right. you don't want to appear like a jerk. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like one of my big fears is these yoga people will end up like writing horrible reviews about me saying, you know, the last things they said to me was, you don't even know how to be a friend. You don't even know. I'm like, what? First of all, we are the ones, we, <laughs> my girls and I are the ones that actually in secret were like matching people up at this photo, not photo studio, I'm sorry, yoga studio. No one ever talked when we went in there until it was a challenge from one of my dear friends from years and years and years ago. When she found out where we lived, she's like, what are you doing there? Like in the middle of the country? Like, what? 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 Never heard of this town before. What are you doing? I'm like, girl, I have no idea. But here I am, like the only non-white person around that I can see. And, you know, the only outings we have currently is at this yoga studio. And no one ever talks there. So it, it became a challenge. And it was a secret thing where the girls and I decided, let's make people talk. Mm -hmm. And this yoga studio went from total quiet. No one ever spoke. And we got in there and the teachers always had to say, you know, hey, be quiet. We're starting class now. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like people were talking. People were constantly going out for happy hours and coffees together. That didn't happen in the beginning. I mean, it happened. So for them to say, you don't know how to, you don't know what a friend is. You don't know. So. What I'm trying to say is at the risk of sounding like the biggest jerk and I'm the one who doesn't know that. I mean, that's my fear, but I don't care. I mean, just because I'm starting this friendship movement doesn't mean I'm saying, hey, everybody get along. That's never going to happen. I'm sorry. And there's some people you should not be in a, a relationship with. Right. No way. Right. And, and, and that's just it. That's that's a place that people need to, you know, find and make comfortable. Um, when I, when I, when I were younger, no, a, a very close friend of mine started selling things through a multi-level marketing company, which I won't go oh into. Oh my God. Are you talking about a pyramid scheme thing? Yes. Oh my God. But I'm not going to talk about the specifics, but basically he signed up and he became a sales rep and all the rest of it. And he thought for sure, I'll sell Matt vitamins. I'll sell him this. I'll sell. And I was like, no, no, I'm just not interested. No, I, I, uh, and, and that's just it. He looked at me like, what? But. <laughs> That's just it. And, you know, if he wanted to press it hard enough to say either you buy from me or we're not friends anymore, I just would have laughed at him and walked away. But he didn't do that because he understood that. But we, you know, that's just it. I think that friends always test each other, you know, and, and friends have this have this habit of showing you who they are. You know, like like you have said in the past, people always tell you who they are. So if they say, oh, I cheat so often at games, be careful when you play games with them. Okay. By the way, I cheat so often when I play games just because that's part of my nature. The mm -hmm. trick is, is, you know, you have to hear these messages and you have to make sure you're comfortable inside of the mm -hmm. friendship and you have to make sure that you always maintain who you are. Yeah. That's another lesson we learned from our wedding. Everyone thinks that they're the exception 
Of course. Right. So <laughs> when someone says, hey, I'm a cheater, you always tend to think, well, they won't cheat on me or they mm -hmm. won't cheat with mm -hmm. me. But mm -hmm. like at our wedding, like we would go to our closest people and say, hey, you know, we're paying for all this. Uh, this was just one example. Right. Look, we can't do plus ones if if they're just a date. Do you know what I mean? We prefer mm -hmm. not to because it's costing this amount of money. And they're like, yeah, yeah, totally get it. And they would show up with a date. Because they were the exception, but mm -hmm. this you is didn't me, right? <laughs> right, and I kept. Oh my yeah. god! So across the board, that was always the case, right? Yeah, like people yeah. think they are the exception. You are the one that turned me on to that, Matt. You're like people think they're the exception. I'm like, what do you mean? And that was like when I really understood what you were talking about. Right. No, 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 absolutely. Because, of course, exception takes us right to the word exceptional. Because I believe I'm exceptional. I am the center of the entire universe. Yeah, yeah. Meh, maybe not so much. Not right. Maybe the center of your universe, but I got a whole other universe next door. Yeah. I, I really love the idea that, um, like, th that's a perfect example, especially around food. There's something about when people want to eat or making a decision about eating Oh my gosh, it brings out honestly human nature. I used to think, so I, for four or five years while I was making it through college and my internships, I was also a waitress. So it was like job number 15 on top of my internships and everything. <laughs> and so I honestly feel like instead, not instead of, but I learned the most about human psychology and human behavior when I was a waitress at restaurants because of the way that people would treat each other, treat me as the server. Um, um, especially when they're hungry, especially around food. Um, and I don't know if that's because it's the base, the base, a base need of ours Primal. To, to eat and drink, but even still, that's almost like, that's when I came to the conclusion, like, Hey, we should make it that everybody before they can even go, go into the, into the serving profession or in the psychology profession or the helping profession, they need to be, they need to work in a restaurant first and they need to try and serve food. Nice. And if not serve food, then be in the kitchen prepping for serving food. Uh, there's just, there's so many lessons there and that. So that, sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, it's a perfect um, tangent. I love that. I totally agree with you because I also worked in that industry. Right. Mind blowing. But, uh, right. But that's when I learned, like, we cannot control who's going to show up at our tables next and how they're going to speak to us. Whatever's going on in their day um, is their their stuff. I can just hold how I'm going to react and how I'm going to um, maintain my own dignity or maintain the way that I show up in the world, um, no matter what they do because I can't control them, but I can certainly check in with myself. And so if that meant like, if they're being rude to me, then I can say, all right, give me a moment. I'm gonna go and get some water and get your bread for you. And it, it's, an, it's an escape. I get a chance to tuck away for a second, reground. Sometimes in the past, I've like handed my tray of water and rolls to a fellow server and said, hey, can you get, can you get these to table five while I take a minute while I catch my breath? Oh my God, KJ. I just, I just, I just realized it. It's like, it's like people are brought back to the high chair. It's, it's, oh, they're yeah. brought back. I think because it's su such a primal thing, food, that food. being a server of any kind, you're the mother. And yeah, sometimes you have to go to your partner, in my case, Matt, and go, Matt, take over. Cause take I'm, table five, please. I'm losing my shit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because or tantrums. I, I can tell that I'm going to react in a minute. I might actually say something back or I might, I never did this. Had Asking for a friend, but for people to maybe <laughs> do something to the food or do something to sabotage um, the right. people that were so rude. Um, yeah, but, because you can forget. I mean, and that's, that's, that's the whole thing of treating other human beings is, Matt always says you have to be a good host in the world. Like you have to walk like wherever you are in the world, this is your home and everyone is your guest, right? Yeah. So you always have to have that sensibility about you. But if you get triggered over and over again and you're tired, you can't always keep that up. Right. You can't right. always be the mother. Like I was going to say, I just realized, oh my God, we had to be a mother when we had to serve food. Mm-hmm at these restaurants, you know, when the people came in 
and mm-hmm. they are there they're going to act like little crazy toddlers and you're there to no matter what keep a grounded motherly loving controlled vibe about you but mm-hmm. you're human also for god's mm-hmm. sake do you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's, it's you were gonna say something matt no no it looked no. like you did okay <laughs> but anyway <laughs> No, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. Um, I would probably opt less towards the mothering side if I was serving, but that's a whole other thing. And then, well, you would be a father. You're more like, I think we took on traditional roles. Like you were like more like the vibe. Like I'm not gonna take shit from you. <laughs> you better eat what I'm telling you to eat. You know. Or also, there's the the idea that we're also in a place of business. There are business codes and professions, professional standards by which we're we're to act, and so, kind of like we don't want to we don't want to react or we don't want to be um, um, we don't want to look like a holes, but at the same time, or we don't want to lose our jobs because what can happen is that maybe these customers might go and report report to the management or um, complain, as you had said, like that yoga studio right. um, that they started to, they turned it around and they're like, well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to exert this external pressure and actually prey on what you're already fearing. Um, and so there is that, there is always that possibility that people could do exactly like the worst thing that you, you know, the worst thing that you can conjure up. Um, but the only thing that you can control is how you handle that and hold it. Right. Get it. It's a fine dance. Everything. Everything, Everything. is for sure. And when you're tired or overwhelmed, mm. I mm. mean, and I think that's the state of the world right now. Everybody on, dare I say, all sides, there's a, everybody's in pain. Yeah. And everybody's ready to sting. Right. Because much like a bee, I'm going to sting you, even if that's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's where we are in the world. Am I wrong? I'm not going to say you're wrong. However, circling back to can and do people change? I think that is possible. Okay. What's the difference between evolving and changing? Can your nature change? I think your nature can change. But we have to use two of my favorite words to stick together. It's called fundamentally broken. You have to come to the realization that there are aspects about you that are fundamentally broken. So you're getting no positive reinforcement for doing the same BS you've been doing. You are getting nothing but negative feedback, like with a hammer. And that's what forces you to go, oh, yeah, I'm not on the right path. Guess what? I am an a-hole and I'm an a-hole consistently when it comes to this and I'm never not going to be an a-hole unless something changes and nothing external is going to change on this one because I'm getting continual noise back in my direction that this is bad. When that happens, then indeed revolutionary change is possible. And not everybody's going to do that, though. Look at Trump. He gets positive feedback. Mm-hmm. This is the trick. No, it's ch- no mm-hmm. he's choosing to look at whatever feedback he chooses to look at. He gets negative feedback. Of course. Of course he does. But I'm talking about consistent. I'm talking 99% of feedback coming back to you is negative. Got it. You know. And so I, I, be, I bet you it's probably more like 51 or 56 or whatever percent. I think it depends a lot on the individual. Right. But you have to, in your heart, in your soul, deep down, wherever you want to call it, in your core, you have to come to the understanding that this behavior or this way of being is not good. Got it. Is hurting me, is hurting others, is just plain old bad by whatever definition you can come to. And the trick is, is inside of a friendship kind of arrangement, that's probably not going to happen because at the heart, you're still friends. The best way of dealing with it on some level is to separate the friends. And, you know, it's like, I I love you, but this aspect of you is driving me too crazy and I can't deal with it. I'm really, really sorry. Bye-bye. 
in the hopes that they will hit that fundamentally broken state, sadly. At that point, I don't even care. I'm out. Right. You'll never you're, you're, see me you're again. You're Audi 5000. I completely understand. But imagine this is somebody, this is a workmate who you have to see. Uh, well, or how do you, imagine this is like a boyfriend, girlfriend who you have classes with every but, day. Or, so in a work situation, Matt, how do you do, how do you get away from them? You can't get away from them. No, but you treat them cool and professional and you're done. And what if yeah. you're... Yes, I'm sorry, KJ. No, it's okay. I was just gonna say you you hang in the logic. You that's when the logic comes in. You hang in what the protocol, and that's why regulations and protocol and and policies are in place. You can re rely on those um, to maintain a professional working relationship. These are these are the steps that we need to take, and it doesn't have to be about emotion. It doesn't have to be about um, 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 a primal reaction or a physical reaction. It's more like, okay, well, these are the steps and these are the steps that we need to take in order to work together or complete this project. So. Guys, that's what got me in trouble. Oh, and this, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say this is at the point where I always lost my job or got fired <laughs> because I'm so open. And then I get to a point, like you just said, Matt, like you have to become totally professional. Like you just said, KJ, like we're going to totally, um, you know, pull it together and become completely professional. So my open-hearted hippie self gets all buttoned up and then all of a sudden I'm being, the comment is being thrown at me. Fawn, what happened? You don't look happy. Like every day and that <laughs> drove me nuts because I'm mm -hmm. trying to pull it together. I'm trying to be buttoned up and like be very professional and like kind and white like white whitewashed what do you call it like whatever it is it wasn't like hey good morning i love you so much okay everybody i was like good morning everybody let's go you know like all of a sudden that was not acceptable and then i got fired because they weren't getting the same energy from me do you know what i oh, mean wow. mm -hmm. so anyway my corporate lives had many because i kept getting fired Right, but that's because you start in this place. Oh, here it comes. Don't be no, mad. No, you're right. I start, you start yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You I'm know, too open. Um, honestly, I've been vegan for many, many years now, and I hate day number one at a new job because mm. they always want to take you out to lunch, and that's always a conversation. And, and, and God bless them that they do, you know, that's, that's in the professional protocol. We'll take you out to lunch on your first day. Well, unfortunately that means on day number one, I have to let them know I'm weird. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it is because if somebody is not a vegan and they hear you are a vegan, there's baggage that people yeah. want to give you because of it. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, I don't look vegan no, because yeah. I'm not a twig. Which is, again, the stereotype. Right. And, you know, it doesn't feel like you can snap me in half and, you know, and I'm not on my soapbox and I'm not showing off my latest hemp fashion or whatever it is. You know, I'm just wearing clothes, you know, and I'm just going through, bebopping through life. But the fact that on day one, ah, I have mm -hmm. to tell them. Yeah. You know, that's hard and that's a hard thing to overcome to be honest, which is why with my last job, I was so happy we're all working from home. Well, with my current job, rather, we're all working from home. And so they didn't get to know I was a vegan until two months later, before, mm -hmm. you know, so I'd already had an opportunity to figure out where I fit into the given environment. So mm -hmm. I don't fly my freak flag on day one. Mm -hmm. But that also speaks to, we were talking about evolution and revolution. There is something within all of us all of us animals that we want to move away from the chance of extinction, right? So we do make the changes, we make the adjustments. So again, that it might be a little and an imperceptible at the time, but over a long period of time, yes, these changes are so impactful. So it might just be a mind shift, a mindset shift. Um, I, I qualify that as a change. And we do that, so as we said, to not, you know, not get fired or not have our species died out, die out. Right. Um, 
So those are the, the these are this is the extreme in the spectrum in which we're working working with, but it is in response to how can I still remain here? How can I be a part of this conversation? How do I still have a job? How can I um, maintain friendships? How can I maintain meaningful relationships? How can I start a family? We do make shifts so that we can adjustments so that we can collaborate in a group in a group level that is gold information kj i mean i'm i'm hearing you say everything you're saying and i can feel myself going oh my god i don't know how to do that though thank you i mean that i'm gonna have to replay that over and over what you just said You know, anytime you have more than one person involved, two people, three people, four people, the art of compromise starts in, particularly when there already are already assigned roles. You are my boss. You are my subordinate. You are my boss's boss. You know, I'm not going to treat necessarily, I mean, yeah, I shouldn't, but I'm going to treat my subordinate different than I'm going to treat my boss. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunately or fortunately, that's what it is. Like, you know, there's certain hard and fast rules. Like you never go to your boss with a problem unless you have at least one solution to it. So you say, hey, boss, you know, we've got this problem and we're all out of, you know, creamer. But, you know, we can use this substitute or I can run to the market or blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, but with a subordinate, you can say, hey, look, we have this problem. I'm not sure how to solve it. And here it is. You know, it's just one of those things. It's also when you're with a bunch of people and, and we'll wind this down, but like when you're with a bunch of people, there's less attention on one person. True. So it's, it's easier to be low key. Yes. Um, but it also, the reason why everything you guys are saying, I, I, I see what you're saying, but for me, it goes back to nature like it is in my nature to be so such a freak show i guess what did you call it like don't let your freak flag fly yes but that's my nature right right and it is and i I love you for it i have it's it takes a lot of energy and work for me to be buttoned up right Mm -hmm. And and it does to have a face on me that you would have to just keep decoding to figure out what i'm about i feel like life I have so much I want to do on this in this world that I feel like I don't have time for that. This is me, guys. Let's go. Well, yeah, it takes energy to be incongruent. If you're going to operate consistently outside of your alignment and out of your congruency, it's going to take its toll on you and it's going to show up. People see that. People saw how uncomfortable you were because you were out you were acting outside of your nature. Right. Um, and the only way to fix that was to really become an entrepreneur and do my own thing. Your own thing. And just work by myself and then slowly, one by one, find my people. Mm-hmm. You know, i.e., this, you know, starting my own world of photography, you know, doing right. my own specific kind of work with architects and this podcast. And attracting the people that are like completely open, mm-hmm. you know, no facade. This is it. It's raw. Right. But see, to me, the trick is, is it's not that I'm not showing people who I am. I'm just showing them Matt at 10%. I'm showing them the professional aspects of Matt without all of the power metal aspects of Matt. I can't control the volume. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's the issue. It's, it's not a question. You have to be who you are. You know, I am what I am. The trick is, is that have an understanding of context and bring that, bring that person who belongs in that environment to that environment. And, you know, so if, you know, uh, I used to work with a guy who was in a punk rock band. Oh my God. He was so buttoned up and straight laced during, during the day until we started loosening up. And then he started, you know, he started showing me just a little and that's, better i never actually saw him perform i've heard his albums but um you know he wasn't not he it's not like he wasn't that person he was just selective about how much or how little he showed to others Mm -hmm. again i can't do that right right exactly 
Exactly. I mean, I would try, but a Liberty spike would go bing in the middle of the day without me realizing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. No, no, no. And I get it. And every once in a while, I'm like, should I engage this person in this conversation? And I'm like, mm-hmm. more often than not, I still say no. It just, it really depends on that person and how well or how not well I know them. So KJ, is someone like me just screwed in the world? Like, I can only do things by myself. I mean... What happened? <laughs> no, but that's the thing is you're proving you're proving otherwise, especially in the way that you opened up this conversation this morning. You spoke of two different scenarios with two different uh, uh, conclusions, and both, like I said, the the unifying factor was that you actually inserted your agency in both. So no, you're not screwed. You have the friends and the people that you want in your life. Mm -hmm. And you are learning and navigating how to how to pull out or remove yourself from the people you don't want in your life. And there you go. It's just it's further, I think, exercising the muscle that says, unfortunately, I have to be around this person every day, all day. So I have to figure out how to make that relationship work. That's right. All right, guys, I think I think we should end it here. Okay. Right. And then come back again. Come back together again. KJ, can you tell everybody? Is there anything you want to tell our friends? friends. (gasps) What's Mm -hmm. happening with our sound system? Uh Oh, what is that? Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, I'm not hearing the echo. I can hear you, but I can't hear what you guys are hearing. Yeah. Reverb or something. Right. Oh. I think that's a sign. I'm going to cut this part (laughs) off, but um, KJ, I'm sorry. I didn't have the paragraph I had written about you. I'm going to cut this off, but then I'm going to get back in. Um, KJ, can you introduce or tell them everything you want, like your website, your, like, I'm going to say, I'm I'm not going to introduce you, but I'm going to say (laughs) what I'm going to say. Okay. And then you tell them all the info. I sure can. Okay, I'm going to pause for a few seconds. Okay, KJ, thank you so much for being here with us again. We love you so much. Tell us where we can reach you, where our friends can reach you, anything you have on your Mm. mind. Oh, my goodness. Anything on my mind. Okay, well, (laughs) that might be a while. So (laughs) I can tell you where you can find me and we can talk some more. Um... Let's see. On Instagram, I am at Bliss Begins Within, as well as at Musings on Other. And I have a podcast as well, and that is Stories of Astonishing Light. And then I also have a website, and that is blissbeginswithin.com. And, and you have right amazing now, workshops. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> workshops. What was that? Your workshops. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, and then I have right now. I'm I'm working through. This has been sort of my focus. Um, I have creativity and compassion workshops in which folks can really do what we're talking about here, which is uncover uncover what it is that motivates us and frees us, and identifies what we want to do in the world and how we want to show up. And sometimes the way to identify that is. This is what I'm kind of getting famous for is to pause and, and listen, listen into the, the silence and into the stillness of the moment. And so I do that through quiet and meditation, but also through expressive arts and psychotherapy. So um, if you want to know more about my workshops, you can come to my website, blissbeginswithin.com, or you can email me, kj at blissbeginswithin.com. And we're going to have all that information on our show notes so you can all access all the goodness that is KJ, who just, we, I adore you so much, KJ. Thank you so much. And we're going to get together again, literally at our kitchen table right here. Although you are on a, a, a stand through a computer. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> wait until we can all get together for real at the table anyway thank you everyone for joining us thank you for joining our friendly world and bringing everybody together and talking about all the things we have on our mind right yes indeed 
All right. We'll talk to you later, everybody. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.